today we're starting this series. We're starting this event. I'm going to call it a month-long event. And we're talking about divergent. And we're going through these different things of divergent. We're going to pull some things out of the Bible. Well, what I want to talk to you guys about today is kind of how you could take each of these factions and you can look at their characteristic that defines them. And then you can say, I'm not going to be stuck inside one of them, but I'm going to be able to flow between all of them. And what I want to do is I want to show you guys some of the things that Christ might have done that we could do that makes us so we're not stuck maybe necessarily in dauntless and brave, though we are brave, but we may be able to go over and be peaceful and we may be able to be selfless and go through all these different factions. But before we do this, what I want to do is I want to start where we should always start, and that's with praying. You guys good with praying? All right, can you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, we thank you for the ability to come into this room tonight. Father God, we draw our hearts towards you. We ask you to open up your word to us. Father God, show us who you are so that we can be challenged and built up in you. Father, we love you, and we just thank you and praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. It all works. Everybody knows where they belong. How many of you guys have ever had the thought, I wish I was more like and you would point at another person and say them. How many of you have ever had that thought? Let's be honest for a second. I've had that thought. You guys, did you guys see Patrick who's playing guitar up there? I can't tell you. I've known him for several years. Uh, over 20 years now I've known him. Coming up on 25 years that I've known him. And I could tell you that when I was younger, I used to think, man, I wish I was like Patrick, because he's so talented and he's got all these gifts and so many people must like him. But we often have these thoughts of, I wish I was like someone else. See, the problem is many people see themselves as normal and plain and they see other people as extraordinary. We look at ourselves and we say, well, we're normal and plain. And we look at other people and say, wow, they're so extraordinary. They've got so many gifts and so many talents. When really what they actually are is more like extraordinarily normal. See, in the fact of they're really normal, they're just extraordinary in the way that God made them. But all of us are actually extraordinary. If you guys are taking notes today, write down at the top of your sheet, the title of today's message is, Then There's Divergent. Then there's divergent, and point number one is extraordinarily normal. I think it's really interesting that abnegation decides that they're going to not look at a mirror, right? They're going to take and they're going to hide their mirrors. They're going to hide the mirror so that they can't look at themselves. My wife's reading a book right now. My wife's reading a book right now that said that human beings are the only people that have self, the, the only animal or creature on earth that is self-aware. What that means is that when we look in the mirror, we can actually see ourselves from an outside perspective. When we stand in front of a mirror, we're not just looking at a reflection of ourselves. We're actually taking for a second, stepping outside of ourselves, and we begin to look at ourselves. And then we all tend to ask ourselves this one question. I wonder how other people see me. As I'm walking down the street, how are people going to see me? Do these jeans fit right? Are my shoes cool? And we begin to project outside and say, what do we look like from the outside? 
But then abnegation said, we're gonna get rid of the mirror. We're not gonna, we're not gonna focus on ourselves anymore, right? We're not gonna focus on our own talents and our own abilities. No, we're gonna look at other people. And I think selfless is a cool way to look at it. They're gonna, instead of trying to lift themselves up, they're gonna what? They're gonna try to lift others up. But being the only creature that can be self-aware that can look from other sides, we begin to tend to compare ourselves. I was thinking about this for a second. I wonder if there's ever a mountain lion walking through the woods, you know, a little female mountain lion strolling through the woods thinking, I wonder how the other mountain lions think I look today. You know, is my, is my hair nice? How's my tail look? Are my teeth clean? You know, I wonder if a mountain lion's ever had that thought. I, I like hunting and up on our property, there's a mountain lion. So the deer are like, out of here, you know, either that or they're eaten. Either way, I guess they're out of here. Um, but anyways, there's a mountain lion up there. And I'm pretty sure that that mountain lion doesn't go walking through the woods wondering what other mountain lions think of it. We see that portrayed maybe in like Bambi or something like that. But, we, but in real life, I don't think any mountain lions are wondering, what do other mountain lions think? And the thing about this is, is our ability our ability to step outside of ourselves and look at ourselves from a different perspective and our, our self-awareness, if I could say it that way, our self-awareness causes us to get in trouble. It causes us to get in just a little bit of trouble because, because this is what happens. We tend to look at ourselves each and every moment of every day. You know, when we get up and our hair's all funky, you know, I don't have that much of a problem. Adam doesn't have that problem at all. His hair is fine in the morning. When we get up in the morning, we look at ourselves and our hair's all funky and we take a mental picture of ourselves. And then we eat breakfast and we take a mental picture of ourselves while we're eating breakfast. And we go to school and we take a mental picture of ourselves. And we're in the bathroom and we take a mental picture of ourselves. And after gym class, we smell ourselves and take a mental picture of that somehow. And we take all these pictures of ourselves and we put them in this neat little binder in our head and we hold on to them. And then what we do is we come someplace like here and we see Patrick up on stage with so much talent and we must think, wow, he is extraordinary. And we take a mental picture of what we see from him and we compare his picture on stage to our picture when we got up in the morning. See, what we tend to do is we take our everyday and we compare it to other people's extraordinary day, right? We take our everyday and we compare it to the best of people we see. We compare it to their highlight reel, right? How many of you guys watch ESPN? This section, I'm sure. Got a couple people watching. <laughs> you know, come on. Uh, when, I was, when I was younger, when I was in high school, and when I went to college, I was big into watching ESPN. And when I would watch ESPN on Mondays, I would always be looking for one thing. I will be looking for ESPN's top 10 plays of the week, you know, because they put it out and they would show you all the top 10 plays of the week. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to see some awesome plays. And then I watched that, and I just got done watching a football game, you know, like Michigan State. You know, I'm watching Michigan State, and I watch Michigan State play, and they play pretty good. But then I watch the ESPN Top 10, and I see some awesome, incredible plays. And what I do is it's really easy to take the entire game of Michigan State and compare it to ESPN's Top 10. 
And what would happen is I begin to say, man, Michigan State's not very good at football. When go green. I'm the only one with the microphone. See, what we tend to do is we tend to take our every moment of every day, we take our lowest points and those stand out to us so then we compare them to someone else's greatest moment. And we get ourselves in trouble. See, what we got to realize is that we're all really normal. We're all normal. We're all in this together. We're all extraordinary in our own way, but we're normal because even people that you think are awesome, their armpits still stink, you know? Their feet still smell bad after they run. But we don't see that. What we do is we take and we look at them and say, man, they are so awesome. If I could just play the guitar like them, or if I could just play the piano like them, or if I could just hula hoop like Maddie, you know, if I could hula hoop like her, I would be awesome. Or if I could run fast, or if I could play basketball, then I would be cool. And what we do is we look and we say, if I could just be like someone else, or if I could just be like what they are, but the problem is we see them on the basketball court and they're awesome, but that doesn't mean they're awesome in every area. It just means they practice and they've gotten good at that. But we can really easily, we can really easily take their best moment and compare it to our worst moment. We could take their highlight reel and compare it to our everyday. And if you do that, what's going to happen? You're going to end up thinking, man, I mean, if I compare myself to other people's highlight reel, I could think, man, I'm pretty, pretty lousy at this thing called life, you know. And I think a lot of us get caught up in this trap. And when you do this, it's really easy to start looking down on yourself and saying, man, if I could just be a little different. You know, if I could just dress like someone else or if I was just a little taller and we put these people up on pedestals and we say, man, if I could just be like that, then then I could be somebody. We are each called to be uniquely different, not to compare ourselves. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, for we, are, for we are not bold to number or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves, but they themselves, measuring themselves by themselves, are comparing themselves with themselves, are without understanding. The Bible tells us that when we take and begin to compare ourselves to someone else's self, the only thing that's going to happen is we're going to end up being foolish without understanding. Because when we begin to compare ourselves with someone else, there's never a win that can come out of that. Pastor Dwayne, I was in a meeting with him the other day and he said it great. He said, when you compare yourselves, if you compare your talents with someone else's area of weakness, you're going to get proud, right? And that's not good. And if you compare your area of weakness to someone else's strength, then you're just going to bring yourself down, not in a humbling way, but in a beating yourself down way. And that's not going to be good. There is no win in a situation when you begin to compare yourself. 
So when you look at a group like abnegation, when they say, we're not going to look at the mirror, we're not going to carry this thing around. I think this is really interesting. Uh, This is a mirror for doing makeup. I'm sure none of you guys really have seen one of these before, but you girls have probably seen these. And, uh, you know, this side, it's like, I see myself normally. And if I flip it around, I get the scary image, right? (laughs) I was looking at it. It's like, do you really need to see that much inside your nose? Because it magnifies you. You know, it's like, I could have spent some more time getting ready today. (laughs) When we take and hold on to this mirror in a means of comparing ourselves to someone else, the only thing that's going to happen is we're going to end up feeling bad about ourselves or feeling proud about ourselves. The truth is, the truth is, that I could, take, I could take a camera and follow anyone around for 20 days and make anyone look like a rock star if I took the best 10 pictures. Have you guys ever done this? Have you guys ever gone to get pictures taken? You know, you're hanging out with a friend and you want to take a photo and this happens. And it's like, that's great. So you're like, well, I want to take another one. You're like, I want to take another one. And this is what you get on your first try. It's like, wait. Wait, that wasn't supposed to happen. So you say, come on. You know, come on. We can, we can get this. And you realize then how ridiculous you look. So you start laughing. And then you say, wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, okay. I got this. <laughs> I got this. And then finally you get one good photo, right? And it's like, oh, look at that beautiful photo. Oh, it's so nice. How many of you guys have ever been on someone's Facebook page? Have you guys ever been on a Facebook page? Do you think people post their worst photos on a Facebook page? No. No. Well, some people do, but no, they don't. The truth is, is they pick the best ones and they put them up there. And if we're not careful, we can begin to compare ourselves to their highlight reel. But see, we're all supposed to be unique and different. If you're taking notes, write down similarly different. We're supposed to be different. I was thinking, how do I even start this point out? And I just want to make a blank blank statement about everyone here, just so you know you're weird. I'm weird too. Have you guys ever had a thought... Have you guys ever had a thought, if anybody knew that I actually did this, they would think I'm ridiculous? No, there's more hands that should be up. We all have that kind of stuff going on. We all have it going on. So we're, we're all weird. We're all ridiculous. It's okay. Let's just get over it. Let's admit it and quit it and just be gone with it, and it's fine. However, many times we think we're the only ones that are weird, but the truth is that we're all called to be different. How many of you guys know what Romans 12, 2 says? Romans 12, 2 says, therefore, well, it starts out with Romans 12, 1 saying, therefore, dear brothers, and and then what it says is Romans 12, 2 is, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. There he goes. Do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed within by a new way of thinking. When you see that word shaped by this world, what it means is a cookie cutter. Have you guys ever used a cookie cutter? What happens? You roll out the dough and you can stamp perfect similar shapes, right? This is the context of this verse. It's saying don't let the world's cookie cutter 
determine your shape. Instead, realize that you're unique and different and be okay not being like the world. It's saying, don't let the world stamp and figure out what you're going to look like. Instead, be transformed by the way you think. Be transformed in the way you think by the word of God. So do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed within by a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide what God wants for you. You will know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect to him. I was thinking about this, and I began thinking about Jesus. You see, Jesus was the perfect example of being different from what the world's expectation was. You see, the world expected Jesus to come and be a conquering king and to come with an army and conquer. That's what the Jews were looking for. No. God said, I'm not going to do it that way. Instead, I'm going to come as a baby in a manger. What you think is one way, but what God thinks is a different way. That's what God said to the world. Jesus was different from what everyone thought. See, Jesus was exactly what anyone needed at the time they needed it. To those with bondage, Jesus was freedom. To those who were sick, Jesus was healing. To those who were lost, Jesus was reconciliation. Jesus had the awesome ability, though he's the king of kings and lord of lords, he has the awesome ability to step down into someone's life and see exactly what they need. And he is exactly what they need. Can you guys go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes? At any given moment, Jesus is exactly what anybody needs. Today, Jesus is exactly what you need. All we have to do is come to him and say, I'm right here. Romans 10 tells us that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. Today, I want to open up an opportunity If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to open up an opportunity for you to do that today. When Jesus went to the cross, he made two incredible statements. One statement he did, he looked at the people that put him on the cross and he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. The second thing he did is he said, it is finished. When Jesus went to that cross, it was finished. So just like he's, Bond, he's freedom for those who are in bondage and he's healing for those who are sick and he's restoration for those who are lost. He's forgiveness for those who are guilty. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one can come to God except through Jesus Christ. So if you're sitting in here saying, I do not have Jesus as my Lord and Savior, And I want to have him. I want to follow him. I want to surrender my life to him. I want him to wash my sins away. When I count to three, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. One, two, three. Raise up your hands right now if that's you. Hands going up. Yep. 
Yep, hands up. All right, here we go. This is what I want to do. You can put, go ahead and place your hands down. If you raise your hand, you didn't, I want you to pray after me and say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I give you all that I am, my past, my present, and my future. And I ask for forgiveness of the mistakes that I've made. And I choose to follow you forever. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.